There are men who own their own home, but who never owned a $1 mail-order frontier cabin. There are men who can captain a Polaris nuclear sub, but not when it's made out of cardboard. And then there's Adam Bernstein and Doug Bost, two men who should have better things to do, but aren't doing them right now. These are two grown-ass men. Grown-ass men. With special guest grown-ass man, Kirk Damaris. When we were kids, comic books were 32 pages long, but the story was usually only 20 or 22 pages. So what filled up those other pages? Well, it was something impossible to ignore, something that captured the imagination, sometimes even more than Ms. Marvel or Ben Grimm, ads. So the grown-ass men are covering this irresistible topic in not one, but two episodes all about comic book advertising. And we're going to cover everything, everything from a day-by-day, as-it-happens, sea monkey incubation, all the way to the true story of the deadliest man alive. And a previous guest, Steve Farrell, is going to love that part of the show. But to kick off episode one, let's start at the top with the world's greatest expert on comic book ads, who we tracked down for a phone call recently, the one and only Kirk Damaris. Welcome to Grown Ass Men. We're, we're up and running. Well, thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. Kirk, you're, you're the author of uh, a book that I didn't know even existed a few months ago. And when I found it, I was just delighted. Uh, <laughs> You wrote, you wrote a book called Mail Order Mysteries. Uh, how old is the book now? A couple of years? Yeah, it came out in uh, goodness, uh, 2011. So, yeah, but I'm, I'm happy to hear from people all the time who keep discovering it. And it seems to, uh, especially around the holidays, it, it uh, seems to get uh, purchased and sent <laughs> and, and spread slowly. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled that you discovered it. One thing I love about this book is that you're doing what I've always dreamed of doing because I've, you know, when I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to buy this stuff. And so right, right. you're finally fulfilling the, the <laughs> dream that I've had of buying all that crap. Today, I went to Forbidden Planet uh, over on Broadway and... Yeah. Um, I had your book in my bag, and I said, hey, I just bought this, I, I have this book, Mail Order Mysteries, and I'm wondering, do you have anything else that is about ads that were in comic books? Do you have any other books or material that's about ads in comic books? And the guy goes, oh, I know that book. That's a good book. And, and he goes, no, there's nothing else like it. because, And that's why that book exists, is because there's nothing else like it about ads. And yeah, it was definitely a situation where I was trying to make something that I wish existed, and and uh, yeah, I was I was fulfilling my own my own fantasy for sure. <laughs> right. Where are we uh, speaking to you at? You're speaking to me in the uh, the state of Arkansas, in a small town in the state of Arkansas. So, what uh, they might uh, consider flyover country out there in in your neck of the woods. I'm a, a professor for a college, a university called John Brown University, and uh, I get to, to teach art history and design history and, and uh, interactive stuff, a few cinema classes. Uh, um, hopefully I can still keep a, a hand in the publishing writing world. 
Well, that sounds great. I, do you teach your own book? You got to teach your own book. You got to get that into the curriculum. Um, I haven't uh, developed a class for that yet. Uh, that that should be a, a goal of mine for get, sure. Get on that. Yes. <laughs> it sounds like you started collecting in the collecting comics in the early '80s. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, I think my first comic was in uh, first grade, which would go back to '79, uh, and uh, it was it was that very first comic. It was Micronauts number nine, I believe, where I discovered the the full page, you know, Johnson Smith ads, and that one had uh, another company called the Fun Factory had another full page ad, and uh, there was the ad, the classic ad for the the 101 Soldiers in there. There was x-ray specs so kind of all the classics i think sea monkeys all of those were in this one particular issue and so i like the comic but i really like this idea uh, that i might be able to you know buy my own superpowers i don't have to just read about these these guys with the powers i could um you know maybe learn kung fu or, or have x-ray vision or or uh, you know there's hypnotism so uh, naturally i i run to my parents you know, trying to apply allowance money to, to these things. And, and they were trying to protect me, and they said, no, these things are, are not what they claim. They're rip-offs, and, and so on and so forth. And I think, you know, that just uh, caused the whole thing to fester in my mind for for decades. And, and so I just, I grew up with these, these, these unknowns just looming. And uh, so then finally, when the internet came along, one of the first things I ordered, I think literally the first thing I ordered online was a pair of uh, x-ray specs. I, I finally got to, to answer that for myself. And, and then it was You started at the top. You started with the best. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's the, <laughs> yeah, I think that's the one that captured uh, the imagination in a, in a big way. Uh, that's amazing because, like, you know, anybody who's a long-term comic book collector from, like, we are for our whole lives, it's yeah. like... Every month, you're just like putting those ads deep and deep into your consciousness. Yeah, I look subliminal. at the pictures and I'm like, I know that one, of course. That's right. Yeah, I, I can relate to that. And it's it to me, it was just uh, uh, just a reminder of of this uh, undiscovered world. Just yeah, week after week after week, and uh, yeah, it, it just created more and more pain for me. <laughs> so, how old were you when you ordered the X-ray specs? That would have been, you know, uh, I was in my 20s at the time. So yeah, you have this, this you know, decade plus of, of just of mystery and wonder just building up. And uh, the world of eBay opened before my eyes. And, and uh, yeah, that was it. What the book is, is you've actually found all the things that you could order through all those ads. How many yeah. of them are collected in the book? I think there's around 200 uh, that made it into the book, and I have maybe uh, uh, you can search uh, lost mail order mysteries, and I have a blog post where I have maybe another dozen. And since the book came out, there've been uh, I've I've accumulated another little collection of them in case uh, there were ever a sequel. But this definitely knocks out all the big ones, like you said, the, the X-ray specs and the, the Charles Atlas and the, the uh, sea monkeys and, and uh, uh, the spooky ones, uh, like the, the seven-foot Frankenstein and things like that. It's so great. <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's so beautifully done. I mean, the, illust the, the design of the book is really great as well. 
Well, thank you very much. Uh, that was uh, my doing, along with uh, uh, they, they had a, an art department there that would that would chime in. But I, I got to design it and I got to photograph it too. So it was a a, 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 a total uh, piece of uh, work for me, <laughs> and my heart is is all throughout the the, the publication for sure. It, what struck me it, that you said in the book is that basically every comic book was like a novelty store in the seventies and sixties. Yeah, that's what's funny. It, it was it, you buy a comic and you have this novelty catalog, and uh, yeah, just just a hundred hundreds of products in any given issue for sure. I'm wondering how many people felt like ripped off by buying these things, you know, and sending their their hard earned allowance money, <laughs> you know. Because I was oh, yeah, I've heard from many of those people. That's been one of the joys of this book is that uh, everyone has a memory of it. I mean, there are the people like me who uh, were forbidden to buy the stuff, but then there were those those higher level kids who managed to to you know muster the the, the stamp and the envelope and and the the allowance and order these things. But uh, you know, some kids ordered the hundred and one you know toy soldiers and got them and realized these are you know these flat sort of cracker jack trinkets and and uh, pushed them aside and whereas other kids ordered them and were thrilled with them you know just decide i can i can uh, have my own war now and so uh yeah it's, it's kind of a your mileage may vary uh situation that's one ad that always made me laugh the hundred and 32 soldiers and 101 Romans and, um, you know, the 112 knights and pirates and things. Like, why would... <laughs> there were such specific numbers. That's a great question. And something about those numbers, I think, fed into the appeal because not only was there the, uh, the total number, but they broke it down. You know, you will get you know, two tanks and four of this kind of... Uh, you know, Jet and, and, well, it wouldn't be Jet, but four of this character and so on. And, and I just remember studying the breakdown, and, and yeah. I think maybe that helped me uh, envision, you know, how it would play out, you know, what sort of scenario. So, yeah, there's, there's magic in that number, and I don't know how <laughs> how they uh, they settled on that. Well, maybe it's just, you know, to a kid, 100 is, is about as good as a million, you know. It just seems... Uh, like this impossibly high number that you're gonna get for a dollar. Yeah, I loved the one with the that was flashing eyes. It's in the it's in your magic tricks section. Yes. Uh, the flashing eyes, because I remember that ad very well. You know, it shows you that, like this mysterious thing where you can hypnotize people with flashing eyes. And tell me what it was when when you ordered it. What what came in the mail? Yeah, nothing came in the mail except uh, just a sheet of instructions that said. Uh, if you want flashing eyes, basically you, you cut out little pieces of uh, aluminum foil and uh, place them on your eyelids. And you got the <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and how much would they charge for that? Yeah, 50 cents. 50 cents. So. That is pure profit. I mean, I remember by... In 1976, I guess I was 12, and I was already deep into trying to find older issues of comics. You know, so I couldn't easily get old issues, and I was going through the comics, and they were always a guy or two who was selling their old issues in there. So I go, all right, I'll order from one of them. I don't remember the name. Maybe it's even in this book. But, like, oh, right. 
you know, and I ordered. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I ordered Marvel Tales one from 1964, and I paid whatever like forty dollars or something at the time which was a lot of money for me and you know it said it's going to come in pristine you know uh you know mint it's a mint uh, quality book and like it came and it was like destroyed you know um, not from the mail but like you know uh, he geez. sent me a crap book and i was yeah. like i'm never ordering from these things in the comic books again <laughs> You know, it's like 40 years ago or something, you know, but I still wow. remember it intensely. Well, that's a whole different take on it. I don't know that I've heard of uh, from people who have, yeah, ordered the, you know, more comics from the comics and, and been uh, satisfied or dissatisfied. And so, yeah, that's, a, that's an all new uh, form of heartbreak. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, when I, I was doing a little research as I was reading your book and I was reading about Harold Von Braunhut? Braunhut? Yeah. And what, I what a character. I, I know exactly how to say it either. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But what a character. So this guy, I mean, I'll give, see if I can give a thumbnail and tell me if I'm right. This guy was um, a Jewish kid who grew up and uh, created X-ray specs. Yes. Uh, created d- different kinds of X-ray specs. Yeah. And then also created sea monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, became like a mail-order king from that stuff. But the only reason I mentioned that he's a Jewish kid is that he later became a white supremacist. Yes. Fascinating, isn't wow, it? Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. It is. <laughs> Did you see there's a YouTube video that gives a, an animated account of his life? And I thought that summed it up really well. I can't remember what it's called, but if you searched his name uh, on, on YouTube, it, it, I'm sure it would pop up. Allow us to interrupt for a moment, dear listeners. As long as we were talking about these unforgettable sea monkey ads, we kind of thought we need to see these things for ourselves with help from a slightly uncomfortable guest of the show, Acadia Bost. All right, Acadia, when I was a kid, I saw a lot of ads in comic books and I wanted all the things that were in the ads, but for some reason I didn't order them. And one of the things that I really wanted the most was was this. Can you read what it says? The amazing live sea monsters. Monkeys. Hang on. Let me try that again. The amazing live sea monkeys. Ocean Zoo, the world's only instant pet. So I'm a grown man now, but I bought them, finally. <laughs> and I thought we'd make them. Want to make them? Let's do it. Okay. So these are amazing live sea monkeys. I'm kind of scared though. So let's if see it, what we need. Like, what are they the, live? Tell me the instructions. What, are, what do we need? The original instant life sea monkeys. Legendary sea monkeys that really come to life from science fiction like suspended animation have been America's favorite. Wait, they're in suspended animation right now? That's what it says? I guess. Okay. Jeez, this seems a bit cruel. Like, put, you put them in a airtight No, container. there's no cruelty. It's just sea monkeys. They're your friends. Look at them on the front. The picture's on the front. They're so happy. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're like not this bad. Little... This is, this, okay, this is actually kind of depressing me. I uh, have been America's favorite aquatic pets for nearly four decades. And no wonder, because they hatch instantly. They've been flown in outer space by NASA. Is that, did that, I mean, like, 
You can't say NASA flew you into space if NASA didn't, right? What are the instructions? What do we have to do to make sea monkeys? Okay, we, do we need, need a cup. We need the water purifier. That's in here. What kind of cup do you think we need? The glass cup? I don't know. Um, then after 24 hours, you add the instant live eggs. Wait, no, we, we grow them in here, don't we? We grow them in this. We don't need another cup. We grow oh. them right in the sea monkey thing that they gave us. Okay. Okay, so we need to put water in here. I love that it gives you a diagram of 24 hours. Oh, but like, like, just in case you didn't know, look. That's it's sun 24. up, then it's sundown, then it's night, then it's sun up. They gave us three little packets. Packet number one, water purifi purifier. That's what we're using today. Packet number two, sea monkey instant live eggs. What's in here is what I want to know. And then packet number three, growth food. Okay, so take the water purifier and, oh. right, we pour it right Can in here. Gloves? Okay, the purifier is going into... Do we put all of it in? Yep. Okay. Okay, so that's it, right? That's it for today. The next step is to add the instant live eggs. Then we wait five days. And look, here's a helpful diagram for what five days is. Got it. Um, and then... And then they'll take over our house and kill the whole family. I don't, I, I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I really don't like it. Okay, step one is complete. Okay. I'm thumbing through your book as we talk and I'm like, I just like came upon one. I'm like, oh my God, I used to stare at this one of Count Dante. Yeah. Deadliest oh, yeah. man alive. Yeah. Because I was so into martial arts, you know, Enter the Dragon had just come out when I was a kid and all those movies. And I was like, yeah, I got to learn that. Editor's note, Adam is absolutely right. And our special guest in comic book extravaganza episode two will tell us all about the master of Dimmock, Count Dante. That's on our next episode. <laughs> I, I'm also, I'm seeing the Charles Atlas Fitness Program. That I must have seen that ad five billion times. That was almost <laughs> as good as a classic comic book. I mean, yeah, it's such a right, famous right. story. A comic within a comic. Yeah. You know, it the, was so easy to relate to. <clears throat> you know? Yeah. Oh, man. So, and yeah, even... It's, a, it's such a sweet revenge story, too. And it was just condensed and right there and... Yeah, again, that one, that one never left my mind. <laughs> I love the Raquel Welch pillow. It's like a vinyl pillow with a picture of Raquel Welch. That Like, nothing could be less cuddly than a small vinyl pillow. <laughs> right, right. Well, and it's funny how in this day and age, the, uh, the, the old uh, girl on a pillow is a, a widespread thing. You know, these, uh, these guys, you know, who are kind of married to their pillows. You know, this whole culture I'm talking about. <laughs> Not maybe really. Because people who are married to their pillows? I don't know what you're oh, yeah, referring well, yeah. to. Are they called waifus or, 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 or waifus? Or, there's a name for it. And there are these people who, if not get married, they, they date their pillows and they have these anime uh, characters on them. And, and it, it's a whole subculture. So oh. I think this is very uh, progressive in a sense. Yes, uh, very progressive. Uh, agreed. If my pillow looked like Raquel Welch, I might... I might reconsider, I guess. <laughs> the, I love the um, 
the rubber masks, actually, the Topstone rubber masks, they actually look really good. They do. They do. They are works of art. All the masks, almost all the masks uh, belong to a man named Ray uh, Castile, I think is how you say his last name. And he is kind of uh, one of these mask, uh, you know, honchos. He, he, he has one of the greatest kind of world-class collections. And so he photographed those and submitted those. And then, like, the Raquel Welsh pillow, there's a fellow named Eddie Guevara um, who, uh, who lives uh, in New York City. I, and I went up there and visited him. And uh, he has... He was one of the kids who, who just bought as much of this stuff as he possibly could and saved it, and it shaped his, his whole being. And so this Raquel Wells pillow that he, that's in the book is the only example I was able to find ever. And I, I still have that as a, you know, a saved eBay search, like a search alert if one of these pops up. So that's probably, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably one of the rarest of all mail order mysteries. Wow. And he would not inflate it. I said, uh, could, we, could we inflate it? He just, are you crazy? That, that was his, his response. There's also an ad in here for a record called Nobody Loves the Hulk. That's right. And uh, I believe that's uh, completely unauthorized. But uh, you can go to uh, YouTube, and, and at least last I checked, and you can hear the song in its entirety. Yeah, a friend of ours fairly recently had sent this to us. I sent it to you. You did? I sent it to you and oh, Sam. Oh, I thought Sam sent it to yeah. us. <laughs> but I think, it deserves a, I think it deserves a remake or a remake All right, or well, something. I'll get on that right away. <laughs> Paul Bustana was working in his laboratory When he saw
What were your big interests in comic books? I mean, besides well, Micronauts. As far as, like, what did I collect? Yeah, what were you into? I mean, this is a comic book show. We're, we're pretty uh, into comic books here. Right, right. Well, and it's scary because uh, I, uh, you know, I'm going up against the heavy hitters here, and I am, I wouldn't say I'm a casual uh, comic collector by any means. I mean, I've got, uh, you know, probably a couple thousand of them, but uh, I would just buy... Uh, you know, any Spider-Man title, it would be, you know, amazing, spectacular, uh, Web of Spider-Man, I would buy all those. I would buy um, mostly Marvel stuff. Uh, I, I did get into Batman heavily, but uh, I was also a sucker, you know, I, any new thing that was coming out that there was an issue number one, I would, I would jump on board. I have the first five issues of every title from the 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 new universe uh, the Marvel new universe you oh know my goodness about? yeah yeah so like that I was like oh this is this is gold I'm getting in you know on the ground floor here of, like uh, of this catastrophic of, failure <laughs> yeah uh, well, there's Merc and what DP seven uh, there's uh, the, the one that was like the the Nightcrawler ripoff uh, Night uh, I can't remember but <laughs> can I I think you might be interested in this little project that I did. A few oh. weeks ago, yeah, a few weeks ago, I wrote to about 80 addresses that I found in a 1974 issue of Luke Cage Hero for Hire. I basically oh, wow. went through one or two issues of Luke Cage, and I just wrote to every single ad that there was in the oh, anything so cool. that you could potentially order. I wrote to them, and I said... Are you still in business? Can, I found your ad in an old magazine. I'm interested in your, um, c- you know, your stamps, the stamps from Jamaica, or your coin collection, or your, yeah. you know, love meter, all the sea monkeys, X-ray specs. I wrote to everybody. So I wrote to, God, I wrote to, you know, all these names that you'll recognize: the Rats Hole and Roach Studios and yeah. the Karate School and. Uh, Capra Gem Company, you know, all these, the Penny Stamp Service in, in uh, you know, Mariposa, California, all these. And basically, none of them are in business. <laughs> Most of the letters came back with okay. just return to sender. Uh, some uh, of them didn't come back at all. I got a couple of actual responses. I got a note from somebody named Tom. I wrote to uh, the Olympic Sales Club. And I said, I recently saw an advertisement uh, for the Olympic Sales Club, can I still get Christmas or any other type of cards to sell? And do you have an updated listing of prizes for salespeople? <laughs> and he said, he wrote back, he was nice. He said, hi, Doug, I'm sorry to report that um, the sales club is no longer operating. Thank you, Tom. So, <laughs> that is cool. That is I feel like I should have done that. I feel like I missed an opportunity, maybe. Uh, wow, well, that's, that, well done. Well done. I, I greatly appreciate that. So the book, again, for anybody who's out there looking for a gift for, not for me because I already have it, but you should get it for uh, Mail Order Mysteries by 
Kirk Damaris. Real yeah. stuff from old comic book ads. It's great. Thanks for being on the show, Kirk. Thank you very much, guys. That was episode one of Comic Book Extravaganza. Next time, we check back in with the sea monkeys that we're raising. Artist Joseph Tesaro talks about his art and his tattoos. And Paco Taylor schools us on one of the baddest real-life comic book ad characters of all, the infamous Count Dante. See you next time.